The Just Cause games aren't very good. They don't have good stories, they all launched with a lot of bugs, they have very myopic gameplay systems, and yet they are bizarrely memorable for me and many other gamers like me. Perhaps you, if you're watching this video right now. I mean, of course you're watching this video right now. That's like one of the stupidest things I've ever said. To put it simply, they offer a grand excursion into a realm of escapist entertainment. We take control of Rico Rodriguez, a rough and tumble mercenary military specialist who can rock bell bottoms as well as he can steal a commercial airliner from an airport without anyone noticing. If I had to define the Just Cause games, I would call them junk food games because there's not a lot of substance, yet you enjoy them intensely. All of these games are like cotton candy. It's just air. There's nothing there when you spread it apart and look at it but you can't stop consuming it, and you can't help but feel as though this was meant to be. Okay, you caught me. I really like cotton candy. You caught, I, I, I guilty, I'm guilty. This little rat is guilty! But seriously though, these games are pretty much all about explosions, C4, and mindless chaos, and they're wonderful. You know, I'm a game critic. This is what I do. I sit around coming up with reasons to critique games, point out flaws in them, and make suggestions on what could be improved in subsequent titles. But before I do that, I have to play the game in its entirety, often multiple times, and we often do that over on the Twitch stream. Links in the description box below the like button, by the way. And sometimes with games, for no clear reason, you play it and you just have fun. You aren't really sure why, you can even identify countless reasons why you shouldn't be having fun, and yet you enjoy it. I'm sure there's plenty of examples that you could point to yourself, whether it's a game like Warzone where you can identify a thousand things that are wrong with it, and yet you still play it all the time and enjoy it. Or you can point at sim games like Factorio or Crusader Kings or Stronghold Crusader or something like that where the experience isn't that different from session to session, and yet it gives you pleasure. And so while I could point to the Just Cause games and say there are a bunch of things wrong with them, therefore they're not that good and you shouldn't play them, I think being fun counts for something. And in this case, these games are fun. I'm not entirely sure why, other than that they just let you blow stuff up and it scratches the most male itch I could possibly possess. But they're fun and i think that's worth praising going back to the cotton candy analogy if you like cotton candy that's okay just because it doesn't have the same substantive value as a steak doesn't mean that it's not worth enjoying or something's wrong with you if you enjoy it it's okay and this is definitely the case with the just cause series the games have terrible stories the voice acting is painfully bad and drab the mission variety is almost non-existent and the fun that is to be had is dependent on the player fabricating the experience for themselves in most cases and yet even after sitting here coming up with critiques of the games and having a large list of things to talk about, I can't help but just think that they're fun. <laughs> and if I could sit down and play them right now, instead of filming this video, I would. And I'm sure I'm going to find plenty of excuses to collect more footage during the editing process because they're just fun. Years ago, I remember the first time that I ever played Just Cause, the original. And even though I, as someone in my early teens, could recognize many problems with the game and all of the things that it lacked, 
I still found a lot of joy in exploring the various islands, collecting vehicles, and wreaking havoc for its own sake. Those early, mindless experiences of engrossing, explosive, escapist entertainment made me a fan. And as the years went by and subsequent releases came out, I jumped on all of them. Now, I've never made videos on these games because, in large part, they just don't really fit into the general niche that I talk about on this channel. Most of my most successful videos of all time have focused on narratively driven RPG open world experience games. And these are definitely not narrative games. But I felt like today was as good a day as any to finally discuss this series that rests near and dear to my heart for almost no comprehensible reason. In this video, I want to go through the four main Just Cause entries. We're not going to go into a lot of detail when we discuss each of them individually, in large part because there's just not a lot to delve into but we're going to cover them all nonetheless. Furthermore, what we're going to do is appreciate what these games do well, talk about what they suck at, and contemplate why these games have such devout fans even in the face of their many shortcomings. But before we get into it, a big thank you to our sponsor, Bespoke Post. Bespoke Post is a monthly membership club that's free to join and offers you amazing products from under-the-radar brands. How it works is they purchase 90% of their products from small businesses throughout the country, and they place bulk orders from these small brands to help them grow, and then they can also pass on those savings to you. A great example would be in the carnivore box that you can get. They actually have a spice pack that's mixed together by the Great American Spice Company based out of Rockford, Michigan. And like I said, it's free to join. How it works is every single month, new boxes will become available for members and you get to actually review the box before it ships to you. So, you know, if you don't think that you're gonna like something that's being shipped to you, you can just tell them ahead of time, not bother with it, swap it for something else that you do like or skip the month entirely at no extra cost so that you make sure you only get stuff you actually want. I've actually got the products I got from Bespoke Post behind me they've been in the background for the last few videos as i've been trying them out let me show you i decided to take my my office game up a notch it'll probably be easier if i flip the camera so they very generously sent over three different boxes for me to try out and they're all in the same theme as i'm about to show you this first one is the smoked box and what this is for is actually smoking whiskeys bourbons things like that that you enjoy don't worry we're going to use it in just a second once i show you the other stuff this box is the parlor box which is all about having all of your goodies in one spot this is what's been sitting behind me on my little display right there keeps everything together and very nice italian glasses for your scotch whiskey bourbon whatever you enjoy and then these items are from the box aged which is for creating your own aged spirit they also include these cooper rocks tumblers and the coolest thing besides them being made from Italian glass is they actually rest very interestingly. But let's actually put this stuff into action and use it. Forgive the scary backdrop, it's my wallpaper. We're gonna find out real quick if the fire alarm works in this room. Okay, I have my bourbon of choice. Oh yeah, that's a good sound. And normally I would do some ice with this, but I don't actually have ice down here in the studio. So we're gonna just take it straight. That's more than I meant to pour. <laughs> and how this is gonna work is we're gonna have a little pile of the hickory chips that's gonna sit on the board. We have our torch, very scary. And we're just gonna get it going a little. 
place the glass, cover it as the smoke drifts up. You can actually see it going. And then we let it sit there. Okay, it's been a little bit. Let's take it off. You see the smoke pouring out of that. That's cool. Cover it so I don't have the fire department called on me. Cheers. Oh, that is smoking. Oh, that's good stuff. So as you can see, it's cool items that you'll actually use and you can get it for an affordable price. Each of these boxes contains roughly $70 worth of items. You get it for a fraction of the price. Furthermore, for viewers of this channel, you can actually save 20% off of your first month. All you have to do is head to the link in the video description box below and use promo code LukeStevens20 at checkout. You'll save that 20%, get to try some cool stuff out, and you'll be helping me in the process. Now I gotta put all this stuff away, but like, oh no, I have whiskey now. Oh, shucks, in the middle of a work day? Woe is me. <laughs> It is really nice. It smells like wood in here. I love it. To begin, we have to go all the way back to a mythical age long gone. 2006. The year that the first Just Cause game released. This first entry in the franchise was developed by Avalanche Studios and was apparently inspired by the United States invasion of Panama, which was codenamed Operation Just Cause. I mean, I'll be real. It kind of gives me conflicting feelings to know that this was named after an actual military operation because this is like such mindless explosive fun that's not really meant to be taken seriously and to find out that it's named after an actual military invasion where a lot of people uh, i'm sure died it kind of makes me feel weird <laughs> maybe i'm i'm weird for feeling that way but just letting you know. Similar to its real-life counterpart, the game puts the player into a small tropical archipelago and tasks them with overthrowing the local government which is being run by a tyrant who threatens the safety of not just his people but the surrounding nations and even the United States itself if left unaddressed. And if that sounds like the plot of every single mid-2000s action movie, it's because it is. These games are extremely campy and they are unapologetic in that. These games don't try to be anything more than they are. In fact, the most poorly received game in the franchise, according to many metrics, Just Cause 4, which we'll be discussing in a bit, was largely criticized because it tried to implement a more interesting story and more characters in a believable way, something which simply was not done well. But again, we'll talk about that in a bit. Regardless, it's important to understand that though this game has a lot of problems, there's a lot that it does really well. And furthermore, it's crucial to understand the time at which this game launched. It was released in 2006, and back then open world games were quite different than they are now. Mostly, this had to do with the technical restrictions of the time. Game worlds could only be made so big because the PlayStation 2 and original Xbox had severe limitations. And when you look back at this original Just Cause game in the context of its time, it's actually quite impressive. There are a ton of different vehicles to collect, a bunch of safe houses to unlock, and a true open world for you to explore. And perhaps this is why the game stood out for me and for so many other players back in the day. There just weren't that many open world games like this for players to enjoy. It didn't feel like it was alive or breathing or anything of the sort, but it did offer a level of freedom and exploration that I had never experienced before in any other game. I could go anywhere, do anything, and the tools given to me made that freedom all the more enjoyable. 
You get a grappling hook that you can use to latch onto vehicles and a parachute that allows you access to every single nook and cranny of the game world. Once again, nowadays this is not really remarkable, but back in 2006 this was pretty far ahead of its time. The only other studios that were doing anything close to this were on the level of Bethesda Game Studios and Rockstar, which should tell you something about just how ambitious this game really was. But ambition is not the only ingredient required to cook up a good game. The developers over at Avalanche clearly had a vision for what Just Cause could eventually be. And this first game was a good step in that direction, but it had a lot of issues. For one, gunplay was stiff and very cartoony, even by 2006 standards. I mean, seriously, just like, look at this. <laughs> look at how he's running. Like, is that... That's not good. Like, it was never good. That's bad. The parachute and grappling hook were a fun addition, but they didn't feel refined in any sort of notable way. I remember playing this back in the day and thinking that this was just a little too clunky for me. You could tell that with a little more effort and work, it could be something really interesting, allowing the player to fly a jet into a military base, jump out, deploy the parachute, land on top of another military jet, commandeer it, and then fly that jet into an oil tank while ejecting from the plane just in time to land gently on the ground below. The vision of an interactive action movie was clear to see, but the game just hadn't pulled it off yet. And of course, there were other games trying to do this same type of thing around the same time, with the original Uncharted game by Naughty Dog releasing in late 2007 after this game's launch. The difference, of course, being that Uncharted is a narrative linear experience, whereas these games in the Just Cause franchise are totally open world sandbox experiences. Very different. But in spite of its ambition, the original Just Cause just couldn't pull it off. But even so, the response from fans was unanimous. Everybody wanted to see what a sequel could bring to the table, especially because the new consoles had just launched in 2006 and the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 could offer a lot of ground-shaking improvements in performance over and above what the last generation could do. So everybody sat back and waited for whatever would come next and it would take just a few years before we would see what was, at that time, a next-generation Just Cause experience. Now, Just Cause 2 launched in 2010. This apparently wasn't the original plan they wanted to release in 2008, but there were tons of technical issues that forced them to delay and delay and delay. I don't know if the financial crisis of 2008 had something to do with this as well. Perhaps it did. I'm not sure. A lot of games got delayed between 2008 and 2010, but nonetheless, let it be known, this took a while. However, when the game eventually launched in March of 2010, it brought a lot to the table and showed off just what they had been working on for the last four years. It brought one of the largest video game maps ever created at that point, and it would hold the record for the largest map in any sort of game like this for quite a while. In fact, even to this day, Just Cause 2's map makes a lot of other huge open world games look puny in comparison. Seriously, the map of this game is over 400 square miles in area. That's stupid. It's literally larger than all of World of Warcraft, and it's bigger than Grand Theft Auto 3, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, Elder Scrolls Oblivion, and Fallout 4, 
all combined. Now granted, the size of your map doesn't matter, it's how you use it, but still, 400 square miles, I mean, that's something. <laughs> it's a dick joke. All of that said, Just Cause 2 brought a lot of interesting detail to its open world that worked in tandem with its gameplay loop. There were also tons of Easter eggs all throughout the map, and a lot of them referred to big TV shows and movies at the time, which was really fun. For example, the show Lost was huge at the time this game was in development. I mean, it was like one of the few shows that me and my very like conservative Christian family would watch together, which in hindsight was funny because it's not like a very religious show, but for some reason my family really liked it. All right, we're not gonna take any more of this stuff than we need because nitroglycerin is extremely temperamental. So we just... Dude. So I know Lost backwards and forwards, and in Just Cause 2, in the corner of the map, you can actually find a reference to the crashed plane to the hatch, and you can even find a guy wandering through the forest that just emits black smoke, like the smoke monster, which is like, it's cool. Granted, if you've never watched Lost the TV show, this probably doesn't mean anything to you, but just take my word for it, this is a really cool Easter egg, okay? It's super cool. Furthermore, the core gameplay mechanism in Just Cause 2 is increasing chaos. It's how you unlock literally everything from new weapons, new vehicles you can call in, even to new main story missions require you to inflict enough chaos on the map to meet the next threshold. Now you do all of this by destroying oil canisters, military forts, blowing up gas stations, and just generally behaving like an explosive toting maniac. And it's fun. And one of the things that makes it fun is that there's always something for you to blow up in spectacular fashion. Around every corner, over every hill, and within every forest is a military encampment ready for you to clear. And paired with this is a vastly improved grappling hook and parachute that fully realizes the vision from the original game. Not only does the grappling hook allow you to zip between locations quickly, but it also allows you to slingshot yourself with the parachute open, leading to an incredibly fluid navigational experience that still feels very good over a decade after the game's initial release. Seriously, I just played through these games again for this video, and I was blown away at just how good Just Cause 2 feels even today. Like, after two more games in the franchise, it still feels awesome. This thing ran on the 360 and it still feels fluid. That's crazy. In addition, there are numerous vehicles, aircraft, and even boats to collect and use in your adventures. And with the grappling hook's other main improvement, its ability to tether two objects or individuals together, you're able to create some pretty interesting situations for yourself. I remember one time back in like early high school when I thought it would be fun to find the fastest vehicle in the game, the fastest car, tether it to a cargo helicopter, take that all the way to the top of the tallest mountain in the game, and then drive the fast car off of the cliffside and see how quickly I can make it to the bottom. Like, there's no reason to do it. It's just fun. It's just stupid fun. And that's where Just Cause 2 excels. I mean, that was such a fun experience. I remember it to this day, like a decade later. Can you remember a fun quest you did in a game 10 years ago? If you remember it, it's probably because it was a pretty notable experience. It was something very memorable. And the fact that that very memorable thing wasn't even something the game tasked me with doing, I think shows just how fun 
a game can be if it offers you the tools to make it fun for yourself. It's why we call these games sandbox games, because you make the fun for yourself. The gunplay is also vastly improved over the previous game, the enemy AI is far better than the original, and the graphics received an overhaul that I think still look pretty good even by modern standards. And I know this is like super specific and very random, but one thing that like totally blew me away when I was reinstalling these games to play them for this video was that the install size for Just Cause 2 is under 5 gigabytes. Like, that's amazing to me. This game's map is over 400 square miles and it installs with less space required than most iPod shuffles had. Like, that's ridiculous. They seriously built this game in such a lean and efficient way that they could get the file sizes that small. It's impressive. Speaking of iPod shuffles, you guys remember those? Did any of you guys have iPod shuffles? I did. I had the like square one with the big buttons on the front. Then I got another one later that was like the really skinny one that, that was like half an inch wide and then maybe like two inches tall. Didn't have like any buttons on it except I think, I think there was a power switch on top. So you had to use their headphones to skip tracks and move forward in the queue. What a throwback that is. If you had an iPod Shuffle, let me know. I want to know what kind you had. That's a that's a throwback right there. Wow, what a roller coaster of emotions I'm feeling. Moving on. Anyway, the point is Just Cause 2 realized every element of the original game's vision. It has to be one of the most impressive sequels that's ever been produced as far as I'm concerned. It took every single knob and turned it up. It's by no means perfect, the story is still completely uninteresting, and Rico speaks like he has a throat full of thumbtacks. Okay, but I'll need guns and vehicles. But when we evaluate the game based on what it was trying to provide to the player, it's a resounding success. So what more could they possibly do? What could they add to this experience to make the next game memorable in its own right? Are they just gonna add vehicles? Are they gonna add more weapons, a larger map, maybe even a love interest for Rico? Well, sort of. To see what they're bringing to the table, we've gotta fast forward the clocks another five years to 2015. The third game in the franchise launched in December of 2015. This time around, they went for a more Mediterranean feel. The story is the same as always, with a series of islands being run by a local tyrant that's in need of overthrowing. Rico's called in to help with this, and will try to overthrow the dictatorship by inflicting as much chaos on the locale as possible. Again, very simple, but I don't have an issue with that. These games are fundamentally about the gameplay and not the story. The focus on the story would betray, in my mind, a lack of understanding of just what makes these games tick, at least in their current form. More on that later, by the way. All of this to say, I'm perfectly fine with the story taking a backseat as long as the gameplay is seeing notable improvement. Now, in terms of the gameplay, the developers decided to continue cranking those knobs from the previous game and also introduce some fresh ideas. This time around, the big introduction of a new mechanic came in the form of a wingsuit. It allows you to float across the landscapes like you're gliding on butter and to use your grappling hook to pull you along the ground so that you can traverse great stretches without ever touching the ground. And I gotta hand it to him, it feels pretty good to use. It's a little clunky here and there, but for an all new gameplay system that's gotta be incredibly complicated to get working, it definitely gets the job done. And perhaps most importantly, it feels right at home alongside the grappling hook and the parachute 
from the previous two games. And it really is one of those gameplay additions that feels so at home that going back to the previous games after you've used the wingsuit just feels wrong. It feels like you're partially naked. It's just wrong to go back and not have the wingsuit. It's why if you're going to play these games after or because of this video, go back to the very first game and work your way forward because going backwards, it, it doesn't work as well. Trust me. Just trust me. The game also restructured its side content. In the second game, there are multiple factions that you can help take over regions of the map. And this mostly had story implications that weren't very significant. And honestly, the faction system itself just felt like busy work most of the time. It was just color-coded side content that didn't feel unique in any way. So it, it wasn't anything that was going to be missed in any significant way. But in this game, the developers stripped all of that out and replaced it with smaller bite-sized side quests, races, and exhibitions. On the whole, this all feels right at home. Most players were honestly probably already putting themselves through these paces without the game's help in the previous entry. So now that there's leaderboards, time trials to test your wingsuit skills, races that time you and let you try to get through as many hoops as you can before time runs out, all enable and empower players to do exactly what they did in the last game, but in a more efficient way. And this is the case with Just Cause 3. It brings some new stuff to the table like the wingsuit, but all of the other changes that they made just enabled the player to more efficiently do what they were already doing in the second game when they were playing in the sandbox. So it doesn't actually feel like new content. It's just a refined delivery of old content if that makes sense. It's like when Bethesda brought official mod support to a game like Fallout 4 or Skyrim Special Edition. It's cool that these things are officially supported and that they are easier to use, but it doesn't feel like new content because frankly it isn't. And honestly that's all I can really say about Just Cause 3 because there's just not that much here. The map is bigger than Just Cause 2, it offers a lot of things to blow up and even more easter eggs to be found, but really it's just a refined version of its predecessor, and not much more. In many ways, it's exactly what you want from a sequel. Just more of the last thing, but better. But if we're being direct and honest, we have to call it like it is and point out that this game just doesn't do very much that's novel or unique. The wingsuit's great, but the wingsuit just is another way of doing what you did in the last game. The actual activities, the quests, the design of the gameplay experience and loop is the exact same. The difference is now, instead of just parachuting over an explosion, now you can glide over the explosion. So, put yourself in the position of the developers now. You are tasked with coming up with the big idea for the fourth entry of the franchise. You have to figure out what's going to bring new life into this franchise that many people are saying is sort of stagnating at this point. What are you going to do? Are you going to refine the story? Are you going to add native support for multiplayer or co-op on day one? Are you going to set part of the next game in space? I don't know. There's lots of options for you to pursue. What do you choose? Well, if you answered any of the things I just outlined, you are wrong. Yeah, Avalanche, they decided to stick with one new flagship feature. One word. Tornadoes. <laughs> I'm not kidding. 
I'm not that there's no punchline. Tornadoes is the big feature. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. Now, Just Cause 4 launched in December of 2018 to a lot of confusion because players felt like this game just looked like a reskinned version of Just Cause 3, and it really wasn't clear what it was bringing to the table that was different and unique from the last game where most people's criticism is that it didn't bring a lot new to the table than the previous game. So we're just compounding reskin critiques and uh, it's, it's a problem. Now, before I describe the weather manipulation system at play in Just Cause 4, I wanna give it a fair shake. They did improve a fair number of systems over the previous game, most notably the wingsuit. It's a lot more forgiving and there's a lot more uplift that keeps you in the air for longer without as much struggling or wrestling with the controls. It feels significantly easier to operate, which I actually think is a good thing. I mean, the idea of using this type of grapple hook parachute and wingsuit system in tandem while blowing up massive oil refineries was already a bit of a stretch, so I'm not too worried about what's realistic. Rather, I'm concerned with what's fun and what helps the player realize the full potential that these systems have to offer. And I can confidently say that I greatly prefer the traversal mechanics in Just Cause 4 over the third game. Other new things that they've added are an increase to the total number of tethers that you can use. In the first game, you just had the grappling hook. In the second game, you could tether two objects together. In the third game, you could use a few tethers at the same time. And in the fourth game, you can use up to six tethers at once. And you can even have them cinch together or have balloons that launch objects into the air. There's a lot of variability here. Now it seems as though after watching a lot of development vlogs in preparation for this video on the fourth game, it seems like the restrictions for tethers is purely technical and nothing else related to the gameplay. If they could, I'm sure they would give you 20 tethers to use by the end of the game. However, it's actually really hard to get a game stable when players are able to cinch together multiple vehicles all controlled by AI that's trying to do its own thing and can't comprehend that they're cinched together. It's just really hard to get that working while the players also causing massive explosions and doing their own crap. Believe it or not, there have actually been mods going all the way back to Just Cause 2 that allowed you to increase the total number of tethers that you could use at any given moment. However, they almost always severely negatively impacted the game's performance. I mean, your frame rate would just vanish. Like it would be all of a sudden a picture book whenever you tried to use multiple tethers at the same time, which is why it wasn't present in Just Cause 2 in vast quantities. Just Cause 3, they improved it slightly. Just Cause 4, they cranked the knob up to six total tethers, but even in that one, performance is a major issue, especially when tons of explosions get going all at once. It's way better now, but apparently at launch, the game's performance was really rough. And I remember trying to play this game at launch on my Xbox One or One X, I don't remember which it was, and performance was so bad, I just couldn't play it. But even with the technical difficulties, the game, when it runs, is actually still pretty good. It's not gonna win any awards, but if you enjoyed the previous games because they gave you an escape to do just whatever you want, you will probably still enjoy this one. 
That is, so long as you don't take the main story seriously and only engage with it with the express goal of unlocking new abilities that are locked behind specific story beats. You see, the game tries to turn Rico into somebody that's likable, and it somewhat succeeds in that because gone are the rough and tumble growls and snickers and in are quirky quips and cringe one-liners. Now, while writing this script, I actually included an entire paragraph where I was explaining why I don't know why they did this and I was so frustrated by it. And in the process of writing that paragraph, I realized I actually do know why they did this which is why I've replaced that paragraph with this one. <laughs> you see, simply, I think the developers just started to run out of ideas. There are only so many things that you can do to introduce new ways of causing explosions before the hardware can't keep up. So you have to start looking for other things to introduce into the game. But even this has its limits, as we saw in the third game when they just refined the gameplay experience as much as they could by offering official avenues for players to do things they were already doing in the last game. And so that left them with only one big thing to tackle in the fourth game and to try to fix, which was the narrative. And I got to give them credit. They did try, but they just like they didn't follow through on the swing. They, they kind of bunted and then dropped it and like pissed their pants. And that that's kind of like the extent of their narrative redesign here. It was far from a home run is what I'm saying. You see, the main villain seems like he could be interesting at first. However, he falls flat after his first couple of exposures to the player. And in fact, he really doesn't even show up in the main story for like 10 hours after his first long cutscene. It's just like they forgot to have the villain in the main story. It's really weird. And furthermore, some of the secondary cast is fun and likable enough, but they aren't given the chance to really shine because they come into the story and leave almost just as quickly. Rico himself is certainly more likable in this game than he is in previous entries, but to put it simply, I just think that gamers don't care. If you're not going to follow through on the other narrative improvements, it doesn't matter if Rico's a little bit more enjoyable. Everything has to be improved, otherwise gamers will just continue checking out of the narrative like they have with the previous entries. You see, similar to what we saw in the God of War reinvention in 2018, if you're going to try to reinvent a character that's known for extreme violence, chaos, bombastic killing, and just being a mean, evil person, you have to stick the landing. And if you don't, it just feels cringy. And I really do believe that you could reinvent Rico Rodriguez in an interesting way. The gameplay systems at the heart of Just Cause are so robust that I think a narrative that's worth its weight could really complement a game like this if done properly. But the problem is that there are a lot of externalities that come along with a new narrative outlook. For example, if we were to try and reinvent Rico as a secret agent with a dark past who's trying to follow orders from his government even in the face of difficult choices, I think it could be done. You could have a backstory for Rico, flashbacks to a time growing up, scenes showing him with loved ones that humanize him, and perhaps even a brother or a child that was lost at a young age that now serves as a trigger for him while he's out doing his work. All of this could be added into the story to add depth to Rico as a character, but you would have to follow it through and let these narrative plot points affect the gameplay as well. Perhaps you explore themes of Rico trying to train up a replacement. There's 
a young man or woman that he's trying to prepare for life in the service. And as the game progresses, you complete missions together, clearing out encampments and inflicting chaos on the countryside. Rico tries to explain and teach to the young upstart that such chaos should be contained and only inflicted when absolutely necessary. You could then have a system where you have to strike military bases very strategically, at least with regards to the main story, to avoid destabilizing a district on the map or a general region to make sure that you maximize the strength of the rebels that are trying to take down the tyrant. You could also bring in multiple scenes where the player and Rico are shown the actual fruits of their labor, where they see just what this chaos brings to the civilians on the island. And listen, I'm just spitballing here trying to come up with ideas for things they could do to add to Rico as a character. There's a lot of refinement that can be done here, but it's all to say that I think there's potential. Listen, if Sony Santa Monica could reinvent a supernatural character that's the god of war, literally all he does is specialize in death, they could do it for Rico Rodriguez. It's just a matter of effort and the quality of the writing and the redesign. It's certainly not going to be easy, and the core fan base might not be interested in it at all, even if they did reinvent the character. All I'm trying to say is that the reinvention they pursued in Just Cause 4 and that they started sort of in Just Cause 3 isn't followed through on, and it really seems as though Just Cause has hit a bit of a wall in terms of improvement and refinement. It's time for a reinvention. Because at this point, it really is either reinvent or go away. Because players are just starting to get fed up with the same old, same old. Believe it or not, you can't just keep releasing in the 2020s games designed in the same way that they were in 2010. But all of that said, let's finally talk about tornadoes. <laughs> oh, well, you almost forgot about the tornadoes? Well, I can understand that because if you play the game, you probably will as well. That's how lame they are. Honestly, when I first heard that they were going to be bringing in a weather manipulation system into the newest entry in the franchise, I was excited. We saw trailers showing off the wingsuit and a parachute in action within a tornado blasting through the countryside, and it looked pretty cool. Once you get into the game itself, however, you will realize that there's not a lot here. You see, for the overwhelming majority of the game's runtime, there will just be a tornado drifting through some fields that you can fly, drive, or float through if you choose. Otherwise, you'll just largely avoid it. In which case, the game just feels like a reskin of Just Cause 3. If you do choose to engage with the extreme weather systems, you'll be greeted with some crazy winds, excessive uplift in your wingsuit that allows you to drift all the way to the top barrier of the game's world before skydiving back down, and that's really it. You can do some fun stuff like leading enemy trucks into the tornado and watching them get thrown around, but so many things have to line up perfectly for that to happen that it's just an extremely rare occurrence that isn't even that fun or satisfying when it does happen. I'm not trying to be a jerk, I'm just saying it, it like it's not that fun. It reminds me a lot of Batman Arkham Knight when they did all of that stuff with the Batmobile and kind of forgot to ask, is this even fun? But by the time they realized that it wasn't that fun and it didn't really feel like a Batman game when you were in the tank blowing up drones, they were like, well, we've spent millions of dollars and like two years getting this bat tank working, so I guess we should just stick with it. And that's what they did in Batman Arkham Knight, and it feels like that's what they did with Just Cause 4 with this weather system. 
they made a thing that players don't actually want to engage with, which begs the question, why is it here? I can see how in a conference room it would be an enticing idea. You know, players are parachuting and wingsuiting around the map. Why not add some extreme weather to make that experience more dynamic? It makes sense but it would be like adding hurricanes to Sea of Thieves. You would just be adding a mechanic that players don't want to engage with because everything else in the game is built around avoiding such dangers. And in the case of Just Cause, there is simply no reason for you to fly your plane near a tornado unless you are trying to crash it for the fun of it. Something you will definitely do a few times. I mean, hell, I've got lots of footage of me doing it, which you've been watching, but I mean, after a few times, it kind of just gets lame. Like, been there, done that, seen that, cool. I'm not gonna do that again. I'm gonna go do what the game wants me to do, which is blow up all of these big tanks and cause explosions. And if I'm doing that, I'm not engaging with this thing that they spent all their time and money working on. And so, as I said, for most of the game's runtime, it's just gonna feel like a reskin of the third game, which is why it's commonly referred to as the worst entry in the franchise. You know, at least the first game, which I would say is probably the worst just on a mechanistic level, at least it had a vision. It wanted to do something, it wanted to be something, and it worked very hard at realizing that vision, even though the tech and everything they were trying to do, it just couldn't live up to that vision. Though just a few short years later with Just Cause 2, they would actually be able to pull it off. Just Cause 4 just feels creatively bankrupt. I mean, it feels like they just took Just Cause 3 and said, put tornadoes in it. And that's it. A few other people tried to implement some other interesting things like making Rico more likable, trying to make a story that was a little more quirky and Ubisoft-y, but none of it was followed through on. And so we just get a reskinned, lazily put together game that is underwhelming. But that brings us to the present day. Let's let's huddle up. As of right now, all we know is that the next game in the franchise will be a mobile title released sometime in 2022. We don't know anything more about it. We don't know how crazily monetized it's going to be, how lazy it's going to be. We just know it's a mobile game coming out. Now, it could be that they're working on the fifth entry for the franchise and we just don't know about it. It's certainly possible, but it's all just speculation at this point. As far as we know, the franchise is on ice. They've just run out of ideas. And so they're going where every franchise goes when they run out of ideas. The App Store. Did you guys not have phones? Yeah. It's really heartbreaking because after going through all of these games for this video, I can't help but feel as though there's a lot of potential for future reinvention. I mean, these games, they're fun. Even with their lackluster stories and overly simplistic mission design, I just feel like there's something here that's special. Other franchises have managed to reinvent themselves before, and then when they're reinvented, every player who engages with it is like, how on earth did we not think of this before? How was this not a thing? This is such a match made in heaven. This works so well. And I think there's that potential for Just Cause. If they hire the right people, if they put the time, effort, and money into it, I think you could reinvent this in a way similar to God of War, but it's not going to be easy. But like I said, as of right now, all we know is that we're getting a mobile game and that's it. So I guess we're just going to have to wait and see 
what comes next. If you have any thoughts on where you'd like to see the franchise go next, make sure to leave those in the comment below. And as always, if you liked the video, hit that like button. It actually really does help determine whether or not I should make more videos like this, whether or not the algorithm recommends it to people. Like Liking makes a big difference, so I would appreciate that. In addition, if you have any games you'd like to see me talk about and cover in future videos, leave those commented below as well. I look down there for ideas all the time, so let me know. Of course, check out my socials linked in the link tree below. And as always, thank you for watching. I love and appreciate you guys more than you could possibly know. And I'll see you in the next video or over on Twitch. We're probably live streaming at this very moment that this video goes live. So if you're watching, just head over to the link tree, open the Twitch channel, say hi. I'd love to see you. But that's it for me. Much love. I'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye.